Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Right there, right there. Up. This is the game. Yeah. It's a uh, cat and mouse. Smoked a turkey. <laughs> yes. He is down. He is freaking down. Said he shot an absolute giant. Fall obsession, baby. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another Fall Obsession podcast episode. Um, if you've been listening to our podcast for a while now, you know I am Sam Thrash with Fall Obsession. I'm hosting this episode. Joining me today, as always, is my good buddy, our media production manager, Mr. Nick Powell. What's up, buddy? What's up, guys? Man, and we got a couple of special guests here with us today. Very um, special. One of them you guys know from other content on Fall Obsession and a previous podcast episode, pro staffer Waylon Langford. Waylon, welcome back to our podcast. Thanks, guys. Glad to be here. Glad to have you back. And then we also have a first time joining us on Fall Obsession Podcast, a good friend of all three of ours, Mr. Chance Nelms. Chance, welcome. Awesome, guys. Thanks for having me. Happy to have you, man. And honestly, I feel like I feel like almost you should be hosting this podcast episode because you are hosting us right now. Guys, we're sitting in probably one of the best man caves I've ever seen in my entire life right now. The man cave of Mr. Chance Nelms. It's not a probably for me. It's, it's work the in best progress one I've ever seen. Sure. Uh, no, there's no work in progress <laughs> about this. This is freaking awesome. It could be man. done right now, and it'd be, it would still be awesome. We're looking at stud whitetails on the wall, wild boar, Let's see how many fish. I mean, we got everything around us. This this place is awesome, man. I appreciate you uh, you letting us come out and yeah, for sure. Take up your time and your space this morning. Twelve stud whitetails on the wall right now. You can count. Sometimes, at least to twelve. <laughs> Wait a minute, where's the 13 at? Mm. That's at the taxidermy still. Oh, okay. All taxidermy right. guy's got it still for some reason. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, before we get into our discussion today, um, as always, I have to mention that this podcast is brought to our listeners by our friends over at Elite Archery. We're very grateful to our partnership with them. They've done a lot for us, 
keeping quality products in our hands this year. I know this year I'm running the, the new 2020 Cure. Nick, you're shooting the Ritual. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, we're not going to Montana with them this year. It's a bummer, <laughs> but uh, hopefully we'll be putting some whitetails down with them. So Maybe next year. Yeah, always next year. So If you guys have not checked out Elite yet, please go to EliteArchery.com. Check them out. See everything they have to offer. And, of course, above all else, I recommend going to your local dealer and checking them out, shooting them for yourself. Mm-hmm. Take the shootability challenge, compare them to other brands, and see if it's right for you. The biggest mistake you can make is buying a new bow before you try an Elite. So, I've always said that. Yeah, you have. <laughs> so, guys, we are we're rolling into this. We're going to keep it casual. We're talking about deer hunting in Texas. And a good way, I think, kind of as we talked in our pregame, a good way to kind of lead into this conversation, I think, is talking about the environment that both of you guys hunt in and that I believe a majority of these deer on the wall around us have come from. Because it's not what most whitetail hunters would expect as whitetail country, if, if, if I'm right there. It's, oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll start off. I was seeing the caliber of deer these guys were killing, and when I went out to look, I just said, there's no deer out here. So where are y'all really shooting, hunting these deer? Because when I went out there, they took me to this thousand acre wheat field. And I said, there's no deer here. No way. No way. But I was proven wrong, as you can see by the walls. Yeah. Definitely a cool area the uh, Red River Valleys used to be a secret I think it's kind of getting out now but man the you go out there like Waylon's saying and it's man this is not gonna be good I can see for 10 miles and there's nothing and all of a sudden the Sun comes up and you see a giant stand up on a on a fence row two miles out and he follows the doe down to the little creek you're sitting on I mean the place we've been hunting for uh, what 15 16 years now is Oh geez, 2,500 acres or so, and we're literally hunting on about 20 acres of it. Right. Uh, but that 20 acres is two miles long, basically, and it's it's awesome, man. It really is, and it. We got several properties out there, and we you can go to any of them and see a Boone and Crockett every year, whether you get him or not. He's the one that's that's got the county record now, but that thing's, you know, it showed up and. I've seen deer at that caliber as well out there. You just don't get a shot at them because they're so far out. But man, you would when you first go out there, you just don't you don't think you're going to get anything. Maybe a a quail or something. But <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, different for sure. And and I grew up hunting the Red River, but on the far east side and, and just uh, the Oklahoma side. So it, it's different, man. It's uh, but the the ag out there and the minerals coming off the river. I mean, we've shot, what, two or three bucks over 300 pounds out there, which is unheard of. Wow. Uh, yeah. I think our big one was 315. Just just massive deer. In fact, the, the that bigger one that weighed 315 almost didn't get shot just because he was so big. You know, 155-inch deer standing out in front of you, and you're like, oh, he didn't look that big until he gets out there with the, the herd of the young bucks and does, and you're like, that's a horse, you know. <laughs> Something special for sure, and we've been blessed with it. Wayland's got the crown jewel right now with and I just, 200 inch or so yeah that was pure luck 
<laughs> right place at the life. right time. Exactly. God bless him. That's you know? what I say. I don't it, believe mm-hmm. If he would have been hunting in his stand that morning, he would have got him. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm glad he wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> On that day. He owes me for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, and and that is, that's a really cool story. I'm not, I'm not going to make you tell the whole story okay. all over again but i will tell our listeners that you have told that story on this podcast before um it's episode eight titled the langford buck and the county record that they're talking about right here guys is is uh Waylon tells that story to us quite quite an awesome story in my opinion and yeah. definitely definitely a buck of a lifetime for sure oh definitely so, no doubt. a buck of a lifetime what was his score tell us again 204 and 58. 204 and 58. Yeah. That is absolutely crazy. And you know, and like I said, that was a buck of a lifetime for me. We don't, where we're hunting, we have monsters. Uh, they're not all 200 inches. You know, I mean, there's been a 180 that Chance has been after for a few years now. You know, you when you're talking anything above 150, to, to, to me, that's a monster. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah free range, sure. not protein managed. Uh, what we do is we put in our time. We sit, uh, take off work, get the kids out there with us, you know, and uh, put in our time and try to shoot a mature, you know, five-and-a-half, six-and-a-half-year-old plus deer. And yeah. You let them get to that age, and you really can see. And I think that's a, that's a big-time factor there is – we don't shoot the three and a half year old deer. Mm-hmm. You know, we let we our little our little rule is we let them grow. We let them become mature. Cause we do have plenty of the one twenties, one thirties out there. But like you said, we just sit there, let them. Oh, well, he's gonna be good in a couple of years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that old story. Oh, he'll be better next year. Right. Well, we actually let them get better next year. Yeah. And I think that's been a big factor in the quality of deer that we're finally now seeing. Yeah. It's good, too, when you can have enough guys on a big enough piece of property that have that same mindset, too. Because I, I know for a lot of small more guys with smaller leases, their struggles are they might have that mindset, but their neighbors don't. And, and that right there puts a lot of their efforts out the window, unfortunately. So it's really awesome that you guys can, can all operating under that same mindset out there and and like you said grow big deer so well it it took me a few years once i joined them <laughs> to oh why did you shoot that one because it's the biggest deer i've ever seen what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> little basket rack eight out there yeah, yeah. I, like i said before on the other podcast i'm used to hunting lano you know that's mm. what i hunted my whole life basically and you you get a hundred and twenty inch buck come through, and, and you thought you did something, mm-hmm. you know. So, so yeah, yeah. The big factor out there is letting them grow. Uh, like I said, the minerals coming off that river is, is crazy. You can see it in the dirt. Uh, but I mean, those deer have um, they got year round groceries. We're not feeding year round. We feed you know during season to bring them in, but uh, they got something to eat all year. Mm-hmm. Uh, what kind of stuff do they have to eat? Oh, man, we got uh, wheat during the winter. We got milo, hay grazer, uh, cotton. Jeez, what else is out there? They told us when the 
the uh, canola came in that they wouldn't eat that, but they oh, eat yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, that's funny that you mentioned that. Right behind my stand was uh, a 38,000-acre uh, canola field. And I was kind of disappointed when I found out that's what they were putting in. Because mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, man, that's going to take away all my deer. You know, now they're not going to come. Mm -hmm. No, they said they wouldn't eat it, but every day they'd come out in that field. <laughs> and just munch and munch and munch on that canola. That's huh. funny. And it's yeah. not just the deer out there, man. It's the wildlife. I mean... We got cranes, we got geese, we got ducks, hogs that we try to keep out just because they yeah. chase our turkeys and deer away. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy to watch them do that, but they they do. Yeah. That's a never-ending battle. Yeah, invasive species for sure. I mean, this guy shot a giant trophy uh, tom, what, two years ago? Three years ago now? Three years. Yeah. I mean, it had five beards on it. Are you kidding oh me? Oh, my gosh. What kind, of, what kind of animal is that? It's a turkey. Is it's a pterodactyl. Any, have you killed anything? Have you yet to kill a trophy in any species? <laughs> <laughs> like I said, man, it's all luck. <laughs> I just, I'm in the right spot at the right time. The other cool thing about out in that area is just you can see everything. You're not in a, you know, growing up uh, bow hunting and around the Texoma area, you get in those woods and you got, you know, 20 yards of visibility out there. Like I said, you can see for miles and you can see the, all the animals and it's it's nothing to have you know a, a normal sit out there's you know 30 to 40 deer wow and you'll see a handful of shooter bucks whether you can shoot five miles or not Wayland probably can but i i like to get them in bow range myself <laughs> and, and that's 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 something that it's hard to bow hunt out there yeah um, mm. back it up a little bit uh talking about you can see forever one of the things that is unique about this place is you'll be sitting in your stand and I don't I can't even tell you how far it is but you can see the dust cloud from the deers run the deer running across coming to you you can't see the the deer all you can see is the dust cloud huh. and you look at your watch and you're like well they'll probably be here in about 30 minutes mm -hmm. you know and you can just watch that dust cloud come get closer and closer and finally that's crazy finally he'll top a ridge you know or not a ridge but a little mm -hmm. i don't even know what you call it wash out mm -hmm. and just oh yeah okay that's a good buck and you'll just watch him come on in but that's how far you can see out there and there's no it, it's not hardwoods it, i mean you can't like set up 30 feet and a big old oak tree or something mm -hmm. we just don't have that yeah we got the whole place we got one tree stand <laughs> yeah yeah and that's that's a old old cottonwood uh well that well that one's gone now but the the one we got left is in that giant mesquite so oh that's right that's right yeah the other cool thing about there is just as far as you can see most of my hunting i do out of a turkey chair uh which yeah you're gonna get cold because it's cold out there but man it's awesome to have a a deer in that bow range and not even know you're sitting there on that fence line or wherever you're sitting that's what i was going to ask was it are just sitting hunting. in ground blinds or tripods or no man. uh we got a couple houses for those crazy days because the weather out there is is ridiculous uh i think the coldest was negative 17 winch i don't remember the exact temp negative 17 winch one day was my coldest hunt Golly. yeah uh you know, it's because there's normal. nothing out there to block anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was gonna say it's yeah. wide open. Windshell's right. stupid. It's normal. Twenty-five is, is a normal day, mile an hour wind. 
Yeah. But I like to sit on the ground a lot, which is really cool. Uh, and it keeps you mobile. I mean, like I said, you can see forever. So if you see a good deer coming in, you can get up, ease down and move. Mm-hmm. And I've always hunted out of blind and following his footsteps. He, he got me into hunting off the ground. And I love doing that now. But I, I've got an 11-year-old son that has started hunting with me. And so it's kind of hard to be sitting on the ground with him. So uh, I've had a, a nice deer stand, but here recently we've been throwing pop-ups. Yeah. Hunting out of them. That yeah. way we're, we're semi-mobile. You know, hunt one morning and I say, oh, we need, we need to be about 400 yards down. It's real easy to just fold that thing up, <laughs> move it. And plus with him, of course, you know, he's getting a lot better, but he's still a noise maker <laughs> when you say you need to move that pop-up i just picture like a cartoon you're inside the pop-up line you just pick it up and you see just feet underneath it don't think we haven't did that yeah just look out there in the open plane and there's the blind <laughs> just see walking across walking down the tree line or something. Yeah. Yeah. it's cool to see how far we've come though and we got some newer hunters out there with us now and just to see them passing up those deer that most guys would take and uh like I said, the, our two secrets is pass up the deer that you want to shoot and wait till it's the one that you have no question in your mind to take. Yeah. And put in your time and sit. Um, last year our big deer was uh, 167 and it was off of a newer hunter and he just put in his time and he's shot some really nice deer over the years and that's now his yeah. his uh, personal best. 167 typical is, is uh, it's a stud, man. Yeah, wow. Wow. for sure. It's a stud. It's a beautiful buck. Very heavy. He was a very how much did he weigh? Uh, don't get me lying to you on that. I, he was two sixty, two seventy. For some reason, you said two sixty. That's exactly what yeah, I was he, thinking it was. He was one of our smaller deer, if you will, but that's still a stud. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little guy. I, speaking of that, I think our smallest one was uh, two fifty four. Personally, I don't know about yours. I think Waylon got no, I think Waylon got a monster one year horn wise that uh, was sick. He actually had what five bullets in him. Yes. No joke. Probably yeah. Upper 170 class, uh, but he was busted from yeah. getting shot so many times. And he was, but as far as healthy deer, I think 254, 250 is like our smallest deer out there. Of course, wow. that's a mature buck, like we were saying. Right. Right. That's a whole different story, man. I was going to say, now I'm curious about this, this right. five and bullet deer. So I'll start that off. Stud of a deer. I was the first one to see him. Uh, came out. Perfect morning. I had a group of does out in the wheat field right on me. Uh, I was sitting in that giant mesquite that we were talking about, and I was like, I saw him coming. I didn't, I didn't see his body at all. I just saw horns coming. I was like, oh man. I think I, I think I actually texted. Well, I was like, I got a Boone and Crockett on me right now. Yep, uh, you did. This deer's. I said he's, he, he might not be 180, but he's, he's scaring it. You know, he's right there. I said he's massive. All I could see was horns, and he walked right up to the fence line and stood behind probably our second largest <laughs> mesquite tree out there <laughs> and i watched him for an hour and a half oh wow and all i could see his horns the whole time and he was just watching his does and i was like oh man he's gonna he's gonna jump the fence and come out in the wheat and he's gonna be mine well that that didn't happen that's how most time hunting goes but he circled around and went back down in the draw and i actually got a shot at him but i was shaking like a leaf from watching this monster for <laughs> an hour and a half yeah Called Waylon and said, man, I got a shot off, but I don't feel good about it. And uh, 
we looked for a while. Uh, and that was the first thing in the morning when that happened. And we, I think we found one or two drops of blood. And I was like, man, yeah, that place out there, you, you know when you get them or you don't, you know? And yeah. We looked for him for, in fact, I didn't hunt that evening. I don't, I don't remember. But anyways, was it about two weeks later? Maybe no, not even that long? You talking about when I got Yeah. I think it was longer than that. It might have been. It was. It yeah. was. A, it was a good while uh, back into the season, and Waylon was hunting hard and wasn't seeing the one he wanted. And then he, all of a sudden, this guy pops up in the yeah. creek, and Waylon's got his crosshairs on him. Kind of the same deal. I had a short window opportunity with him, but he saw the frame that I saw. Right. It was. It was one of those. As soon as he walked up out of the creek. I mean, I didn't have to throw up my binoculars. It, you see him, and it's automatically mm -hmm. there. He is. Yeah. Massive and deer. it was just—he he was standing broadside, uh, facing from left to right. And so, once I saw him, I just threw the rifle up. Bam! You know, see him go down. And then, of course, the unfortunate thing—I walk over to him. I'm all pumped up. You know. Yeah, he had a busted uh, left main beam. Yeah, oh, just man. past the G2. Yeah. And we're talking, when I saw him, he was he was intact. You know, he was um, literally 22, 24-inch spread buck, you know, 12-inch wow. times that caliber of a deer. He would have grossed into the 80s. He would have netted in the 170s for sure. Right. Uh, we have and him he here so you can see him. Yeah, we actually got him here. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to get a picture of him, too. That way we can put it up with this episode. So. Yeah. He, awesome he's buck. nice. Awesome buck. But the crazy thing is when Waylon got him, oh yeah, he was the smallest deer we've taken, and Waylon gets to looking at him, and he's he's got my yeah. bullet in him, and he's got five other bullets in him. <laughs> that, that thing, is not not counting mine, had five bullets in him. And when I say bullets, I mean when I skinned him, uh -huh. we actually found the bullets. Taking some shots. Cow. He. When I saw him come up out of the creek, I didn't notice anything different about him as far as him limping, hurt. But like I said, you know, it was really quick, so I really didn't have time to study his body because all I just saw was the antlers, and it was, you know, immediate decision to shoot. But mm -hmm. he was—I would say, man, he—the weight, his weight—he was less than 150 pounds. Really. Real, real skinny, and then when I started skinning him out, started finding all these bullets in him. Uh, the, the meat was just—I'm going to say—just rotten. It just infected. And, and probably a good 13-inch plate from each bullet hole that was in him. Wow. Yeah, it's—it's it's one of those that was unfortunate. Uh, I decided not to keep any of that meat. No, yeah, yeah. Sure. Better safe than sorry. And I'm, I love the, the meat. That right. We all, that's what we hunt for, really. Is is the meat. The these antlers that we're able to get, it's just a big bonus. Yeah. But uh, we mainly hunt for meat. Or, or yeah, we myself. all. Yeah. We all. So not being able, not choosing not to take any of that meat, it was really disappointing. Yeah. Shows you how tough them out there. We talk about the size. Uh, Waylon's dad started hunting with us out there, and he was, you know, the old school 243 guy. And right. 
Man, we, we uh, quickly learned that these whitetail are, are a little bit more big gameish than your normal <laughs> South Texas whitetail, and we had to up our game. So yeah. most mm -hmm. of us are 300 mags, 700 uh, rim mags, that yeah. caliber, 150 grains and up, you know. So, yeah. and that's also for distance shooting. But when you're uh, you're shooting a 300 pound animal, a yeah. 223 or 243 is just not. I think my dad. Uh, lost two deer. Yeah, uh, and he's and a good shot too. So that yeah, and then he said mm, no more. And the next thing I know, he, I think he uh, well, no, he, he went and got a two seventy. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, and he's talking about long distance. Uh, I was a bow hunter. I mean, that's all I did until we I got out there and realized real quick. Okay, if I want to start taking deer. I'm going to have to get a rifle, <laughs> and not only a rifle, but a long-distance rifle. Yeah. And so I've spent a few years coming up with a good long-distance rifle, and I remember one year or something with my dad, we were sitting on a fence line, and the woods were 850 yards away, and we're hunting and sitting there, and saw two good bucks come out. I mean, we would have, I'd have shot them in an instant. Well, that's before I started shooting long distance. And I said, okay, that's not going to happen next year. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be able to reach out and get that one next year. Mm -hmm. And that, that prompted me to, oh my gosh, spend all kinds of bukus on money. <laughs> and, you know, I wish that wouldn't have happened because, or my <laughs> wife wishes it wouldn't have happened. Yeah, but... Uh, it took a few years. I got my, my rifle dialed in, all my bullet, dope and all that. We're good to go. So I'm real comfortable with long distance now. Awesome. Yeah. It's one thing about hunting. It's not a, a cheap hobby. No. No. Nope. Not at all. We've had a lot of good times. Uh, I guess it's your dad's biggest deer. Mm -hmm. uh, talking about? Yeah, it's just, yeah. I think, what'd he go? He was just shy of 160. I no, think he was 154. 154. Uh, solid 10 point, man. But it was cool because we saw him. Uh, we tried to go up kind of a tradition as we, we eat at the same little steakhouse barbecue joint uh, opening eve. And we, we always go out as a group and sit. And we saw him yep. the day before opening mm -hmm. day. And mm. I think I was the only one that saw him. And I was like, man, that's a good deer. Someone's going to get that one. Yeah. And, uh, in fact, I said he's 155. Yeah. <laughs> and he was probably. Geez, three miles away, looking yeah. through the scope. That is, that is one thing y'all need to know about Chance. He can look at some antlers, and he's one of them that can tell you, oh, he's 132 and a half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't see how he does it. Uh, Wayland's dad got him. Uh, in fact, I think he hunted pretty hard for that first week, and I was like, man, you gotta, you got to change uh, stand sites. He's right. coming in over here, and he changed his stand site and got him that next morning, or anything. Yeah. I next think it was morning. one sit. Yeah. So it... That's the cool thing about their scouting is you can, you know, you can actually scout. You can see the right. animals that you got coming and yeah. adjust to them. Yeah, and and like I said, we can see so far from my stand. It's hard to explain, but I can see deer where he's hunting, and I'll text him. Okay, you got you got one coming from your left. <laughs> <laughs> And we're, I don't know if we even mentioned where we're at. We're out at the uh, salt fort of the Red River and the Pease River, which is right there at the base of the Texas Panhandle. Um, 
between Vernon and Childress, basically. Yeah, the coordinates to that place are. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't going to ask for specifics because right. you guys are you guys are pretty picky about that. So but, yeah, man, any of that country up there, it gets flat and turns into ag, and the rivers right there, and the buddies that grew up out that way say there wasn't any deer, and uh, supposedly the rumor is that you know Texas Park and Wildlife guys brought in some Kansas bucks, and they're definitely mirror the Kansas bucks for his size and antler growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I was thinking of when y'all were describing like how, how big they were, how much they weighed. Yeah. I was like those sound yeah, like we're, we're not that far Kansas, from Kansas, Iowa, so you know, Ohio, big deer like that. Mm-hmm. So one thing that I was gonna ask and, and it, it kinda fits here, um, I wanna ask about just the overall deer behavior. Because it's a diff like like we've been talking about, it's a different country up there compared to what a traditional hardwoods whitetail hunter might expect how, how how do your deer act out there how how's how is the rut how's all that come into into play out there is it is it any different yeah it's definitely different growing up like i said i hunted that texoma area uh, red river area and if a deer smelled you or saw you they were gone like like the wind and uh out there it's it's really funny because we hunt those little draws and creek bottoms and you spook a deer and it doesn't go to the creek it runs out in the middle of this wheat field two miles you're like what is it doing so the the deer behavior is definitely different but when you're talking about hunting these mature bucks once that rut hits man they're they're uh they're a slave to the women you know to those does and so we we try to get on those does on those doe patterns and uh you know the trail cam picks you'll see that good buck and he's always two o'clock in the morning but right once they get that season hits for them you know they yeah. chase them does out and they make the mistake but the deer behavior out there is definitely different from other parts that i've hunted just oh yeah the the bigger you you pointed it out the biggest thing was that that shocked me was you see a deer the wind blows you know 25 40 miles an hour that, that's just normal mm-hmm. to me it wasn't I'm like, oh my, the wind's gonna screw everything up, <laughs> no. But then, you know, you get a 50 mile an hour wind and you think, okay, we're not gonna see anything today. No, they come out of the, out of the creek and that's, they just run straight out into the wheat field, 100 yards. Mm-hmm. That's their safety spot, is out in the middle mm-hmm. of the fields. Huh, that's interesting for sure. Yeah. And they don't bed. Uh, where do you think they would bed? A lot of times in the mornings, the sun comes up and you see deer just, I mean, they're miles from any kind of cover. And literally that two foot swath on a on a barbed wire fence line is where they're bedding huh. in, the, in the evenings, which is, you know, kind of talk about that Kansas thing. So it, yeah. it's kind of the same thing, but mm-hmm. they uh, definitely deer behavior is different for sure. Yeah. They're not as skittish. They really aren't. No. I mean, don't get me wrong. You're not going to walk up and pet them, but <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Yeah. I guess because they can see, they don't. They don't run like you see. Like you're talking about the guys that hunt the big woods. Like they, those deer disappear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and maybe it's because hey, we can still see you. Yeah. You know. It's cool seeing those pods of does uh, and how they interact. Uh, as far as hunters, or you know, we talk about. Uh, we got some big bobcats out there and uh, watching those bobcats trying to get on those does and watching those does get the younger does behind them and they're not 
like I said, since they can see, I guess, and they they feel like, hey, we can probably outrun anything. They're not as skittish. They're not as scared. Yeah, yeah. That's like one of their defense mechanisms. Yeah, is. for sure. Now the big bucks, man, they you don't see them. They they stay low and they, right. you know, it's that first light, last light thing. Just like any mature animal, they get smart. Mm-hmm. Um, but like we said, man, you put in the time and you you pattern the does and they're gonna mess up because they have that drive to continue the herd, you know. So yeah. And I think that that's what I'm gonna contribute to my success is I put in the time. Right. I, I'm not the weekend warrior that just goes yeah. out there, you know, drinks beer around camp all night long <laughs> and doesn't go hunting the next morning. Right. Uh, both Chance and I, and then we put in our time, definitely for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what the hour count is. You know, you're talking to bass fishermen, and they say you got to put 40 hours on on the water to catch a five pound bass. So. Well, you got to put a hundred hours in. <laughs> as a, <laughs> you know, we're blessed with our job to where we can we can take that big chunk of hunting season off and yeah, and very uh, much so put in the time. But I'm gonna break his county record pretty soon, so he just needs to. Man, I, I hope <laughs> I hope you do. <laughs> Secretly, no. No, you're you're probably gonna see it, and then he's gonna shoot it a right, week later right. or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the, that's the only downfall is is the the mind games with yourself on seeing those big deer and not getting a shot at them or I mean because I literally see a true Boone and Crockett deer almost every season and it's I had one that I saw like three years in a row and I just never could get on him and he was just a massive buck man a clean eight point buck that was going to be a 180 are you kidding me is that on Wayland's wall now no, no, no. <laughs> Wayland I don't think Wayland ever saw him no I didn't not yet I think uh, other guy this out year, there might have got a good but just just massive deer. And the other cool thing about our deer out there is, for the most part, they're they're uh, clean typicals. Oh, yeah. They will have some kickers and stuff, but uh, besides Wayland's big buck, we talked about that giant 315-pound uh, deer. Uh, he was a 16-point, but still typical. You know, they're real mm-hmm. typical deer. So I was going to ask, do you all use any other type of, like, attractant, like doe estrus, rattling antlers, anything, anything like that? Or even... You know, Vapple. I know we have a partnership with them. Well, speaking of our partnership, last last season, I threw out some Vapple. Yeah, and I was amazed. Within three days, bam! I I had all kinds of deer around that. Oh, really? Yeah, that that's where I shot my buck last year. Was off that. Okay. So yeah, good shout out to them. Uh, When I first started hunting with these guys out there. We, we have, it's called the sanctuary. We do not go into the small woods that we have. We always hunt on the outside of these woods. And for a long time, uh, they didn't uh, have feeder, even feeders out there. Well, I've always had a feeder, so, mm-hmm. so I threw mine up. Because I just couldn't understand how, well, you know, you gotta bring these deer in. You gotta bring them in. Uh, but recently, you threw, finally threw a feeder up out there. But really, you you haven't had luck off that feeder, have you? No, not really. But that's that's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> but you, rattling is definitely a thing. I definitely do that. But as far as the estrus, putting out all kinds of scents like that, I, 
I can't say I really do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like every time I try it, I don't get any results from it. Imagine it'd be harder in a in a more open area. Mm-hmm. I, I, I myself have not used a whole lot of estrus sense or anything either, um, even in hardwoods, but just the amateur in me thinking here is thinking that a wide open country probably is not going to be as productive or something like that. So yeah. one of the guys uh, has a nice decoy and uh, he had some real good success. He did, I don't think he ever shot anything off of it, but he had a lot of good interaction with, with uh, bucks coming in on that decoy. And I think because of the openness, they have to see something. Yeah. Uh, I haven't had any luck with rattling at all. Uh, grunting and, uh, you know, the doe bleats, that stuff seems to work pretty good when you, mm-hmm. when you can see them. And if you have some deer out in front of you, it might draw them in coming up out of the, out of the bottom or whatever. But I think having that decoy, and I haven't done it yet, but I, I, it's definitely a technique for out there. Man, he, I don't even think he was hardly calling. They were just coming, they were just seeing that, that deer out in the pasture and, and coming out. So. Yeah, that's oh. interesting because it reminds me of what Drew said in the last couple episodes of how he uses that fan decoy to draw those antelope in. It just mm. their curiosity yeah. just gets them coming. Yeah. It- it's a si- I, similar concept, yeah. It seems like the same, like, not the exact same terrain, but similar to where it's wide open, because I know Montana's wide open like that, kind of like those wheat fields. So imagine if you stick the, the decoy out there, the curiosity peaks and gets them in. Well, he he was talking about all his success having it out there. So, of course, well, give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I take yeah. it, go out there, nothing. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> so... I'm looking at these deer that are on your wall here. Give us one of these memorable stories. Mm-hmm. Give us a memorable story from one of these guys Cheers. that uh, that we can talk about. Well, I, I always love messing with Waylon. So uh, <laughs> he he's the guy, like we were talking, that's always trying different attractants and scents and, hey, we need to get this camera going. And I've always been the guy that's like, hey, I'm just going to go put my time in and it's kind of my uh, de-stressor moments, and I just don't want to have to worry about anything. But, you know, I've kind of followed with him as far as getting stuff over the years, starting feeding and stuff. But anyways, he's always running the cameras, and I'm always asking, hey, you got anything good on the camera? And he's always like, I don't want to show you because you're going to kill it type thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's exactly the truth. Makes sense. <laughs> so I think that happened maybe three seasons in a row. Anyways, it's always fun, him showing me the picture, and then I showing him the, you know, the lay-down pic, so... Um, three times and your dad three times and my dad and uh, it's always fun to get him riled up but probably my two uh, most memorable hunts is uh, when I was talking about the hunting whitetail out of the turkey chair and you're sitting on the ground and uh, you know the deer come in and out there they're curious and they you can pattern them so uh, I find I find a nice tree to get up next to, and the tumbleweeds out there are awesome for cover. So I kind of make a little makeshift blind real quick. But I mean, you're you're on their level. This one morning though, it was nice and crisp and calm. The wind wasn't blowing like it normally does, and it was just dead quiet. And all of a sudden, I could hear hear deer coming, and uh, I couldn't see them. And they they circled me because I got I got basically two draws on me, and. Uh, they came from behind me, so I just sat there for like 30 minutes hearing these deer, and it just, they just kept getting closer, kept getting closer, and I didn't want to move or anything because, like I said, I'm sitting on the ground. So all of a sudden, the, you know, the deer are so close I can smell them. And uh, 
it's a everybody that hunts and has shot a nice buck you know what the what a nice buck smells like so he's right there on me and then it goes dead quiet i'm like did they leave you know and then i can hear the eyelashes of this thing blinking and it was a crisp morning so i guess maybe there was <laughs> it was crazy like i could literally hear him blink and I kind of turn, and he's literally probably three feet from me. Oh my word! And uh, I just froze, and he's just looking at me. I was like, he's about to horn me or something, you know. So uh, we kind of had this stare off because he knew something wasn't right. But I guess uh, my scent control was perfect, and like I said, there was zero wind, so there nothing was swirling. But the does got out in front of me, and uh, something spooked him. And I, I want to say it was a cat, but. We have a lot of cats out there, um, but they kind of spooked. And when they did, he did. And I was like, man, I'm not going to get him type thing. So I basically did a burpee and rolled around <laughs> and I shot this dude off my knees, but he ended up being uh, the big eight point that I went with Waylon when he shot his big deer that year. We both went to the big game awards and that was a pretty memorable hunt. Just the way the hunt went down and then, you know, both of us going and then him with the county record going to the big game awards and we were in Lubbock that year I guess wasn't it? Lubbock yeah but uh hunting off the ground is awesome it's it's right there with bow hunting um you know I don't know if you can get a, a deer any closer than three feet from me but if you can hear his eyelashes blinking he's he's in your lap and uh the other deer is a big nine and and it was kind of the same experience but he he uh was one that Waylon had on camera so whenever that deer came in close and uh, got him off the ground. I got to show a picture to Waylon, and he was like, "Dang, I knew you were gonna get that deer." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But man, if you can, if you can get on a place where you can get mobile and get on the ground, and just to me, it's a freedom thing. I mean, you're not stuck in a blind. Not to say that I don't like blind hunting, but I don't know. When you're on the ground and you're able to sit where you want, and you can adjust to their their movement and their patterns, and like I said, when they can get right up on you, it doesn't matter what weapon you're hunting with, man. It's it's just cool having them right there in your lap. So yeah. There's a good story to all these, man. It really is. Mm -hmm. That that's might be one of the most intense stories I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. The cool thing though is is you know the guys that are out there with us, and then uh, me and Waylon's friendship. You know that we can hunt together and then put these things on the wall to remember our memories. And since he's our texter, we go. Well, hey, hey, now let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. We got another, we got another episode coming on. That, so a little, little sneak peek for our listeners. There. Okay, okay. So, kind of, we're 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 kind of getting to our time for this first episode. So, um, we normally ask guys to give us one of their favorite memories. So, you you kind of you kind of just did on that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that was personally this the as far as my hunts, my. Probably best memory though out there was uh, after being on the place for a few years and seeing these deer and, and knowing what we had. I, I uh, our rule out there is, is you get you get one buck and uh, whether you bring a guest or whatever that's what the rule is. And uh, so we had a big deer. Waylon had him on camera, and I gave my tag to my dad. And, uh, that morning, uh, other guy Kelly Cato was sitting. I don't know where he was sitting. He was way off, and he saw him, and he's like, man, it looks like an elk, you know. And uh, <laughs> he didn't get a shot at him. But we knew he was in the area, and uh, scouting out there and knowing how the deer move that that evening, uh, I was like, I know where he's at, Dad. We're going to get him. And 
So I said, we got on the Google Earth and looked at, we're going we're gonna to slip in and we're going to sit right here on this corner of this fence line. And it was awesome because when we were walking in, we saw him. He was chasing two does and we didn't even get to where we were sitting. So we actually got to stalk this deer. Oh, nice. And he's the biggest typical that we've taken out there. Uh, he was just a big 10. He went, he, he uh, I don't remember what he grossed, but he netted 164. Just a mm. massive buck. And But to go in there with my dad to stalk a deer of that caliber and we, we did it off the ground so it was awesome and then to send him a picture because he had a cut ear so i just sent him a yeah. picture of that ear <laughs> and he, was like, he, knew, he knew exactly what it was i knew exactly you're yeah. like oh man <laughs> right so how many how big is this place y'all are leasing geez so we got several properties uh um the bigger one is 880 acres. Yours is what, almost a section 580 or something? Yeah. Yeah. And then we got another 640 and then another. Yeah, I don't know exactly the so number, around, but it's several thousand acres. The ranch that we're actually hunting on is, is uh, it's kind of chopped up as well, but it's about 60,000 acres total. Okay. A uh, big place, but they cover, you know, several, what, four different counties. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. I gotcha. How many how many guys do y'all have? There's uh, six of us now. Six. Six guys on probably 3,500 acres. Gotcha. Just trying to see if there's any openings available. You know, and we, and we say 3,500 <laughs> acres, but it, we're only hunting 100 at right, a time, yeah. you know. If that, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, yeah, I can, I can see it, but I'm really only hunting these creek bottoms. Right, yeah. And I think the... the widest part of the creek with the woods is what a hundred yards maybe yeah you know so you're just sitting on the edge of these creeks waiting on them to come out mm-hmm. yeah and like we were talking they they travel the the creeks and the draws they used to travel but that was, that's what was going to be my next question i don't think they actually bed in them they, yeah they bed in and just finch rows and in the mornings is definitely when you see them just come from yeah, you'll, you'll be wherever. Where, yeah. did, where did you come from? There is nothing out there. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, because the property that I hunt, it backs up to a creek, and we've seen several pictures of them traveling that creek. Yep. I haven't had the success because I haven't put the time in like you guys have, but uh, we we have some big deer, not hey, quite I've as big as y'all. Some pictures. You, yeah, you have some stud whitetails yeah, out yeah. there. I don't know if they're as big mm-hmm. as those though. I, I I think you're sandbagging there. Yeah. yeah. Nah. It's, yeah. it's funny you bring that up because we always argue, uh, looking at those stud deer that you're hunting um, on the trail cam picks, me and Waylon, I don't know if we've ever agreed on a trail cam pick, but <laughs> they definitely will trick you. I mean, I, I'm getting to where I, I just know the caliber, you know, as far as how big the animal is out there, but you'll look at a trail cam pick, you're like, ah, it's not. It's a good buck, but it's not huge. I was like, wait on that thing's... And that's exactly the, what happened when your dad's. Oh, yeah. He's like, that. my dad's... In a, that's not a shooter. Yeah. 164-inch animal, whatever. Just a little guy. Yeah. Cool buck. Exactly. Yeah. Waylon's got some cool stories like me, but I don't know which one was his. He was pretty excited for that county record. Oh, uh, you got it. That's what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. he's told How do you not be? Eight. He's told yeah. that one. So. You want to hear my story? Listen to episode well, eight. Well, we, we, can, we can roll for, for another episode here and, and get into some of Waylon's stories too here. But, um, again, I'll, I'll, be the, I'll be the Debbie Downer and, 
and bring us down and keep trying to wrap this up a little bit for this first <laughs> so um your favorite hunting memory we always ask newcomers to the podcast what is a bucket list hunt that you have not gotten to complete yet bucket list hunt uh would have to be archery hunt for uh, a nice elk I've awesome. been on one. We didn't get a shot. We got we were an archery range of everything but an elk. It was crazy, huh? It was a good time. Uh, great hiking, camping trip, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't get a shot at anything. Where at? But a big elk, and and I'd love to do it in Texas. I got some buddies that have mm. some properties. And in fact, last year he took a 438, and that's just a massive elk. Oh my word! Yeah. To have it in Texas would be even greater. And that's free range. That's not high fence range. I'd love to do it. You and this guy over here, Old Nick That's Brown. my, that's my yeah. number one. Uh, mine also. Yep. Now, archery, rifle, it, it doesn't matter to me. <laughs> archery would be cool, but if the uh, opportunity presented itself and I just happened to have a gun in my hand, right. yeah, taking it. Mm. Well, guys, I appreciate y'all joining us for this episode here. And again, thank you for letting us sit down with you in your awesome man cave here. You and bet. and and spend some time so really you guys are always welcome yeah i wish our listeners could see this place oh well, yeah we'll have some we'll at least have some pictures but pictures don't do it justice not at this, all this all place right. is awesome every time i come here i feel like i'm in a lodge yeah exactly lodge. yeah that's that's it's very similar very very much so well guys thank y'all for listening um we really appreciate y'all continuing to follow our fall obsession podcast if you guys have not already um, please check us out online. FallObsession.com is the hub. That's where you can find all of our content, product reviews, educational articles, videos. Um, a lot of the different video series that we have previously and currently working on are on our website and our YouTube channel. Um, so be sure you go check those out. Follow us on social media. Subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already. And of course, hit that follow and subscribe button for this podcast on your favorite podcast app. We really appreciate it. Guys, thank you all again. Thank Appreciate you. it. It's been fun. Yeah. Thank you. Nick, you got anything else? That's all I got, buddy. I'm all done. right, guys. Well, we will see you guys again next week for another Fall Obsession podcast episode. See you later. search for the one they call king but who will take his throne tune in to waypoint tv's battle for silver saturday may 18th from 12 to 6 p.m eastern presented by abyss battery waypoint tv